continue in our One Another series. Uh, we're looking at the One Another statements in God's Word. But uh, today is an interesting one because, um, Ron, you probably understand this. If you're a teacher and you're not very good at, uh, let's use teaching golf, and you're not very good at putting, but your, your student wants to learn about putting, you still got to teach even when you're not very good at it, right? Uh, Phil, you know, if you're a pretty good fielder, but you can't hit worth a lick in baseball, but, but your, your, uh, your team wants you to teach them about hitting, you still got to go ahead and help them learn how to hit. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's, that's what's going on here today, because I just got, I, in this one, I'm not, I'm not a good hitter, I'm not a good putter, um, and because today we're going to look up at the uh, command to be patient with one another. Uh, so that, that's, that's not my strong suit. That's, that's not uh, something, um, but we're going to look at it anyway. Be patient with one another. Bear with one another in love. And I'm not talking about that kind of bear. You understand? We, we're not supposed to growl and bite at each other. We're supposed to lovingly put up with each other's shortcomings. That's the idea. Bear with one another in the love of Christ. Uh, endure with Christ's love the irritations that others in the church family, that others in our own family, bring to our lives. Here's the hard truth. Patience is not optional for the follower of Jesus Christ. It, it, this isn't one of those where I can say, well, that's just not who I am. The Lord didn't create me a very patient person, therefore I get a pass on this one. The truth is patience is never optional for followers of King Jesus because when patience is present in the church family, when patience is present in your family at home, I'm telling you, kindness and love and grace and caring begins to grow, and that forms the foundation of the family. You understand? And you need that as your foundation. But the opposite is true. Um, when we're not very patient, when we're easily irritated and frustrated, with one another, the foundation gets weak. The foundation gets unstable. And then when folks who are looking at our families or our church families see us, they don't see anything different in us than what they see every day in the world around them. Because this world we live in, in case you didn't know, is pretty impatient. The world we live in today, easily provoked, easily angered. Is that not true, Beverly? Easily. I mean, it's like, whoa, didn't mean to do that. The unchurched world needs to see daily patience and long-suffering in bearing with one another in love in the family of Christ, okay? I believe it's worth repeating, patience is not optional in the church family. It's not, well, we'll get around to it someday. No, no, it's not an option. Locate with me on your Bible app, on your phone, 
Uh, if you're watching online, there's a Bible tab. You can hit that, and that will pop up. You can go with me to Ephesians 4, or you can do it the old-fashioned way, right, My Myron? Just open it up to God's Word. We're in Ephesians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, I would argue writing to the church in Walloon Lake, he explains to us why we must be patient and bear with one another in love. If you're able, would you stand with me? We're going to read out loud God's words. Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 6. This is what God's book instructs us to be. Ready? Here we go. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's pray. Lord, would you help... Uh, this impatient preacher today to talk about patience. So you're going to have to use my weakness here so that we can uh, understand what it is that you're instructing us regarding patience and bearing with one another. Lord, my prayer is that we would leave here recognizing that patience isn't just for naturally patient people. Lord, would you help us to realize that this is something you expect, something you require from all who follow your son, Jesus. So uh, speak. We're listening. We need to hear from you. Show us how we can start putting this into practice. First of all, in our homes, but also right here amongst the church family as well. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one patient voice, <laughs> you can be seated. Paul uh, is in prison. This is one of the uh, prison letters. And he's writing to his friends in the church in Ephesus. Okay? That's why he uh, writes the way he does. Ephesus, in case you were wondering was not a Christian city by any means. It, it was idolatrous. There were pagan idols and, and sinful, outrageous stuff going all around in the city of Ephesus. And that's why he writes to the church in Ephesus. He, he knows you're in a tough situation. I, I want you to understand what I expect of you, my children. Verse 1. Paul writes, as a prisoner for the Lord then, he's writing in prison, I urge you, church at Ephesus, church at Wallow, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Pause. What, what, what calling have we received? Well, we've been called out of darkness and death. Every one of us at one point, we were living in darkness and death. This is before 
we said yes to Jesus, okay? And he called us out of that into new life and new light through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's your calling. You've been called out of darkness, and now you're living in the light of Christ. We've received eternal life when we open, swing open the door of our lives, and by faith, invite Jesus to come and take charge of our life. It's, it's the new calling. The, the lights went on. We understood what it means to follow Jesus. Now we're following that calling, and now we're going to be children of the king of the universe. Paul says now, children of the king of kings, children of Jesus Christ, give me your eyes, act like the children that you are. Start behaving, make sure you're talking as though you're children of Jesus, okay? So you can't just be called and say, oh, I've got fire insurance, I got my ticket out to heaven and out of hell. No, no, I want you to start living and behaving like followers of Jesus. Natural questions, well, well Paul, what would that look like? Paul, Paul, uh, what would looking like children of the king, what, what would that be like? Look back at the text because he tells us, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. What would it look like to live out the calling, to live like uh, followers of Christ, be completely humble and gentle. The opposite of humble is, any guesses? Pride. Pride is, I can do it. Uh, the trio of me, myself, and I, the carnal, fleshly trio, I can do it. I, I'm okay. I, I don't think I need help. I think I can handle this patient thing on my own. <laughs> no. Okay? Humble is apart from you, Jesus, I can do nothing. Humble is, Jesus, I need you uh, because nothing that matters, nothing that makes a difference, nothing that stands the test of time is going to happen unless you take charge of these bones, unless you fill these lungs. That's what we just sang. Lord, unless you come and take charge of my thoughts, my attitudes, my motives, my emotions, my agenda, nothing good, George, is going to happen today in Jeff's power, in George, George's energy, okay? So he says, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Gentle is strength under control. Think of, of a huge horse and all of its power under the control of the bit. You understand? Um, that's the idea here. Strength under control. The strength of our opinions, the strength of our ideas, our thoughts, our plans surrendered to the control of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what it means to be gentle. It's not weak. It's strength under the control of King Jesus, okay? Go back to verse 1. We're going to just build on this. I urge you, church, at Walloon Lake, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Live like Jesus. Act and behave like children of King Jesus, okay? Be completely humble 
and gentle. Here we go. Second, second how do you do this? Verse 2, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. The word patience um, in the Greek has two words attached to it, okay? Um, first half of the word means anger, frustration, irritation. Tracking with me? Okay? So the word, first part of the word means uh, your anger, your frustration, your irritation with other people. Second half of the word means slow, <laughs> long, okay? In other words, patience means you're slow to get angry. You're slow to get irritated. You're slow to get frustrated. Slow to get ticked and explode on people around you. That's what patience is all about. When you expect to go from Walloon Lake to Petoskey in 10 minutes, and now there's road construction, and what should be a 10-minute drive becomes a 30-minute drive, um, here's the question, what words are coming out of your mouth? You understand? Or what thoughts are ricocheting around in your head? Maybe you're pretty good at, at not saying it, but what's going on in your head? Um, again, sometimes that's the struggle. Or when the repairman on your major appliance that's been broken for months, think washer, dryer, calls, and you've been waiting. You made the appointment six weeks ago, and now he calls and says, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it today. I'll try sometime next week. How do you respond to the Maytag repairman who likely doesn't know King Jesus as Savior and Lord? You understand? That, that's where this comes to the test. Patience is slow to get angry. Patience is slow to get frustrated and irritated with words, usually. Words most of the time. The King James Version for the word patience means long-suffering. Do you understand? And, and, it, and it really speaks. It means I'm willing to suffer long in this situation before I explode all over somebody or several somebodies, if that's the case. Go back to verse 2. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with each other in love. Literally, it means to put up with each other. Isn't that funny? Because sometimes, isn't that how you think with your kids? I just want you guys to get along. Put up with each other. That, that's what he's saying here. Put up with each other. Endure one another and do it with the love of Jesus Christ. Bear one another in love, okay? Allow me to say this one more time. Patience, bearing with one another in love, is not optional if you're a follower of King Jesus. Because I, I, if you're like me, I think I'm going to opt out on this because this is going to be a hard one for me, okay? Patience is both a command and a gift from the Lord. Do you see up here the, the, the fruit bowl we've been given? Okay? So, as we abide with Jesus, as we 
allow Christ to rule in our hearts and our lives as Jesus is allowed to sit on the throne and be large and in charge, his good fruit becomes available. You understand? Uh, his fruit, and there it is, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Way better than an apple or a banana, amen? Right? Uh, the fruit of the Spirit includes the ability to suffer long and put up with those around us who irritate the snot out of us. Sorry about my French. But that's the truth, okay? Lord, help me because I need you and your spirit if I'm going to put up with them and not be irritated and frustrated and likely say things I shouldn't have said. So, how can you pull this off? How can we be patient and gentle and bearing with one another in love? How can I do it when I'm not naturally very good at this one? How can you do it? So there's probably some of you, you you're a fairly patient person just by personality. Not me. Not me. I'm not. So how can I pull this off? And here's the short answer. You ready? Here we go. You can write this down. We can't. You just have to admit, I can't. Go ahead and say it with me. I can't. You can't. We can't. Again, our only hope of being daily patient, gentle, bearing with one another in love is for us to stay daily connected to the source of patience. That's our only hope. If, if we're going to be patient people, bearing with one another in love, then that means i got to have Jesus front and center in my heart, my life, my mouth, okay? It's, it's imperative that we daily stay connected to the source of patience, gentleness, and love. Otherwise, I default to my natural position. You know what my natural position is, Myron? I'm just not a very patient person. <laughs> That's just not my strength. I'm not very good at it. So, therefore, I should get a pass on all those critical, harsh, judgmental, mean things I say and do. And the truth is, ah, wrong, wrong answer. No passes, because this isn't optional. This isn't optional. Reality check, if, if those words are coming out, if frustration and irritation is building in us, you know what that means? Jeff didn't take the time to get connected to Jesus today. Je Jeff didn't take the, the time to humble himself and realize, Lord, I need you right now. I desperately need you to take charge of me, rule and reign, be my king. I choose to abide with you, and I drink streams of living water from your spirit, which includes patience and gentleness and love to flow in me so it can splash over onto others, okay? Our only hope is Jesus. <laughs> so now we move into the question of motivation. Why? Why is this a priority? Why should I make the effort? Why is this so important and not optional for followers of Jesus, okay? First, first, go back to the 
text, okay? Uh, we just read it, but I just, I just want you to see, be patient, you're called, uh, make every effort, okay, why? Because, verse 4, there's one body, okay, let's count the ones, and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. Why? Why should I make the effort? Why should you make the effort to be patient and forbearing with one another in love? Because we are one. That's the first answer. Because we're one in the family, okay? And you are one with one another in the church family. You are one with one another. If you're, if you're in your home, you're one with each other. That's why you make the effort. Because let's just break it down. Um, we make the effort because we're on the same team. We make the effort because we're in the same family. We make the effort because we have the same boss. And his name is Jesus. Gotcha. We make the effort because we have the same Holy Spirit. We make the effort because our hope is the same. And what is our hope? It's the hope of glory. It's the new heaven. It's the new earth, absent from the body, present with Jesus. That's what we celebrated yesterday with Bob. We, we have the hope, last breath on earth, next breath is in the presence of Jesus. We're going to be with each other for a long time. You understand that? And, and we're saying, well, well I'll, I'll start being nice once, once I get to glory. No, no, no. It, it's, it's a challenge. It's a command. It's not optional. We start now. We start now. Okay? Second reason we make the effort to be patient and gentle and humble and bearing with each other. You ready? Taking notes, here's number two. Because Jesus Christ has been patient and gentle and humble and long-suffering to sinners like us. Why? Why? Because Jesus is all of those things to us. <clears throat> and now we pass that on to those around us. That's why. Remember the song? Amazing grace. Sing with me. How sweet the sound. It's such a sweet song. That saved a wretch like who? I once was, but now am found. I was, but now I see. Notice it doesn't say that saved a great and amazing gem like me. It doesn't work. <laughs> Why? Because we're wretch. We are wretches. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. Jesus saved a lost, blind wretch like Jeff. And you got to actually embrace that and believe it. Because when we forget who we are in Jesus, 
we quickly get proud and harsh and impatient and easily frustrated and easily angered with one another. If we don't remember, we're all wretched, poor sinners. If we don't remember that, we quickly move into impatience, and it's ugly. It really is. So, why should we make the effort to daily get connected to King Jesus? Why allow his fruit to flow through us? Are you ready? Because Jesus Christ made the effort to leave the throne and the glory of heaven. Because Jesus Christ made the effort to take on human form. Because Jesus made the effort to live a sinless life. Because Jesus made the effort to take our place on the cross. Because Jesus made the effort to shed his blood for our great sin problem. Because Jesus made the effort to take our place in the grave. Because Jesus made the effort to arise victoriously early Sunday morning. Why? <laughs> Why would we make the effort? Because Jesus made the effort to show us love, patience, humility. He suffered for us long. It just makes sense. I'm going to do the same. Third reason we make the effort to stay daily abiding and staying full of Jesus and allowing his patience, forbearing with each other in love to flow through us, is because God is at work in the people around us who are watching us. Now think about it. You got people around you who don't necessarily know Jesus, but they're doing things that irritate it. They're saying things that make us crazy. You understand? So therefore... I show them patience too because they're watching and they're listening. And Jesus wants our example to wake them up to come to their senses so they'll say yes to Jesus too. Nice thought, Jeff. You got a passage that goes with that? Absolutely, I do. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, would you? I want to show you. I'm not going to have time to break this down like I'd like. But 2 Timothy chapter 2 says some pretty powerful things. I'm going to come back someday and just take a whole hour on this. But here's what it says. And the Lord's servant, are you the Lord's servant? Are you? Are you the Lord's servant? This applies to you then, okay? And me. Uh, must not be quarrelsome, ouch, but must be kind to everybody, able to teach, not resentful, okay? Opponents... Again, he's talking about people who aren't on your team, okay? People who don't agree with you. People who frustrate you. People who make you crazy. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they'll come to their senses, escape the trap of the devil who's taken them captive to do his will. Okay, those people that keep yanking your chain, they're ugly, they're argumentative, uh, they don't like your Jesus, they don't like your Bible. Here's what he says, be gentle and patient with them. <laughs> Why? So they'll listen to your truth and repent of theirs. If you just blast away 
They're not going to listen. But they need to come to a knowledge of Jesus and the cross and the empty tomb so they too can know eternal life. When we as followers of Jesus get testy, angry, ugly with people who don't yet know Jesus, they turn us off. They quit listening, which means they're going to stay trapped in their unbelief. Why? Because we were impatient and loaded on them, and now suddenly, no, no, I'm not listening to you anymore. Patience with those around us allows the truth and the love that we shine on them to keep working in their lives. Even though, even though they're disagreeable, even though they're frustrating, okay? Humility and patience and gentleness keeps the doors open, keeps their minds open so the Lord can continue to work in their lives because he wants them to know Jesus too. That's what, that's what Paul's saying to young Timothy. Final question and we're done. If we had a crew follow you around last week, think with me, and everywhere you went, um, 24 hours, seven days last week, videoed you, okay? And we, we shot everything, and we saw all the different people you rubbed shoulders with, and all the different encounters and conversations, and we saw you when there was road construction, and we saw you when you were watching election results. And we saw you when all the things that go on, you have frustrations with your children or, or the people around you, your husband, that's a likely one. Um, if we videoed you all last week, what would we see? Would we see lots of patience and kindness, lots of grace? Or is it likely we'd see a whole lot of impatience and frustration and, and irritation and anger, okay? So if that's true, and I suspect for some of us, we wouldn't be happy about that videotape. We'd be looking for a way to destroy that, right? What needs to change for next week to be different? And, and let me say this. What needs to change isn't trying harder. What needs to change isn't stuffing it down deeper. What needs to change is making room in our schedules to get connected to the source of patience, Jesus Christ. That, that's the only thing that works. Because until we're connected and daily taking the time to abide and walk with Jesus, allow him to take charge of every corner of your life, and then allow his, until we allow Jesus front and center on a regular daily basis, we will continue being weak in this thing called patience. So when I see that going on in me, it's not that I'm not trying harder, it's that I forgot or I intentionally said I'm too busy right now and I didn't get connected to the source. I didn't take time to allow Jesus and his fruit to flow through my life and my mouth. Patience is not optional with a follower of Jesus. 
It's not an option. It's not, I'll do that someday. No, no. If you're a follower of King Jesus, it's a command and it's a gift. You understand? It's a command. Do it. How do I do it? Accept the gift. Put the gift into practice this week, every day, every day. Let's pray. Speak, Lord. We're listening. All of us are uh, different, and yet there are some commonalities, and we need to hear from you. We need to hear from your still, small voice. So we're listening. It's likely that some of you are uh, using the same excuse that I use every time I get impatient and irritated and frustrated and say and do things. Oh, I'm just not very patient. That's just not my gift. That's just not who I am. That's not the way the Lord wired me. Here's the truth. Patience. The genuine article is only available through connecting and abiding with King Jesus, allowing His Holy Spirit to flow in you and through us. I wonder if you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I think, Lord, uh, I get it. I think I understand why it's not optional. And I realize my excuses aren't cutting it. It's time to obey the command and take advantage of the gift, the gift of your spirit. Jesus, I need to start every day getting connected to you the priority that it needs to be. So Lord, would you help me to find room in my daily schedule to make the effort because you made the effort for me. Help me now to make the effort to get connected to you, the source of patience and forbearing with one another in love. Anybody say, that's the desire of my heart. Pastor Jeff, would you pray for me as we close? Anybody other than me that's a problem for? Anybody I'd like to pray for you? Yep. Yep, lots of us men. Anybody else? Lord, uh, we live in an impatient world. We've got an impatient, old, sinful, fleshly old nature as well, which means uh, we're, <laughs> I'm a wretch. 
a lost, blind wretch without you. So, Lord, we need you. Would you help me? Would you help my friends here today to make sure we get connected first thing in the morning with you? To invite you to come take charge, to drink streams of living water, to allow your spirit and you, Jesus, to come sit on the throne and drive. That's the only remedy for a wretch like me. Lord, help us to get rid of the excuses and help us to start making the effort to put your good gift, the gift of your spirit, the presence of the third person of the Trinity in us, help us to make the effort to allow your spirit to flow. And if it's a long day and we get empty, help us to run back to you and get refilled one more time. And finally, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, if you're not a follower of Christ, if you've not said, yes, Jesus, I opened the door to my life, did you know patience, genuine, biblical patience is only available through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Another reason for you to say, yes, Lord, I need you. I swing open the door of my life. Jesus, I invite you to come. Be my king, Lord, boss. I believe you took on human form for me, lived a sinless life. Jesus, I believe you took my place on the cross, shed your blood for my wretched sin problem took my place in the grave an early Sunday morning. Jesus, I believe you arose from the dead for me. Those are the facts. And now we say, yes, I open the door of my life and receive the person of those facts, your son Jesus, as my king, my savior, my friend. Take charge. We love you. It's good to be here to study your book together. Thanks that we get to worship while we do that. And now we get to worship one more time in song. Thank you, Lord. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray.